When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Buckeye Talk is brought to you by shopohiostate.com and the Ohio State University Barnes & Noble Bookstore. The finest place online and in person for all the best Ohio State apparel and minutemantickets.com. All your ticket needs, a national selection with the local feel. Make our ticket guys your ticket guys. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Bill Anderson and I were just talking about this. There's a lot of questions that people want to get to after Ohio State's 49-26 win over Indiana. But they're all the same question. And every one of the questions is this. The defense. Ah! So what's the answer, Bill? Like a lot of the same stuff we've been talking about, which I guess at a certain point becomes very problematic. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the same level of concern. I thought that the defense was pretty poor in the first half. Obviously, some big plays happened. I think I'm willing to attribute some of that to fatigue. Um, I thought jo- like, and I hate to pick on like individual guys. Jocelyn Witt had another terrible angle on a long 45 yard run that helped set up an Indiana field goal. Um, otherwise, the run defense I thought was really good. They gave up 45 yards and then what was it, like 30 yards on the other 20 carries. Um, the corners got picked on a little bit, which is like a new thing that we haven't seen a ton of this year, at least in my opinion. But there, it just there's like little breakdowns every game that lead to these big plays. And I'm not trying to say that that's okay because at a certain point, and Urban Meyer said it after the game, like those are going to kill you. And they haven't killed them against TCU and Penn State, which are pretty good teams. But if it's a problem that persists throughout the season, there are teams left on Ohio State's schedule with offensive talent to make you pay for that stuff. So it has to be fixed. I just think that it's fixable. And I don't think they're like systemic issues. Although I guess I understand the concern that they might be given we're six games in and the defense is still pretty inconsistent. I saw some people on Twitter who were excited for us to tear into people, especially Bill Davis, because people enjoy when we do that. And I feel like I'm about to disappoint you. I just don't know, um, like, where the linebacker's bad. I don't think so. The long, the long run at the beginning of the game, Malik Harrison looked like he was out of position a little bit. Um, the linebackers got sucked up on some RPO stuff, but I thought that the most glaring issues with the defense were were cornerback related, not linebacker related. So 
I'm happy to rip into Bill Davis at any time because I still think he's a bad coach. But I like the I didn't watch this game with like a go oh boy the linebackers stink again. Like I just I don't know maybe they were average, but I didn't think they were bad. So everybody was very excited to tweet at me and and not just to me. I think to the Twitter world to tweet during the game, immediately after the game, an hour after the game about this terrible defense. And then I tweeted this. Indiana gained 89 yards in the second half and averaged 2.9 yards per play. Second half, 89 yards, 2.9. First half, 317 yards, 8.1. Yep. So this terrible, awful Ohio State defense, so maligned, just you, you, you couldn't wait. You can't, your fingers were on fire. You were so excited to tweet about this terrible defense. 2.9 yards per play in the second half. 26 points. Let me tell you, people. 26 It's not 1986. <laughs> it's not even 2007. If you are waiting, and this is my whole postgame column, so if you've read my column, which you should have, you should have read Bill's stories and everything else at cleveland.com slash OSU. If you read my column, this is repeat, but then you need to hear it again. This, If you're waiting for 28 to 10, it's not happening. Giving up 26 points to a team that was 4-1 and one coming in is not a catastrophic defensive meltdown. Now, it was 28-20 at the half. If Indiana had scored 40, okay, we can talk. But they didn't. Yeah. I mean, and you and I, we did a video, and I said, I don't care about this, and you said you disagree. So go well, ahead. Not, like, Indiana is not a great offensive team. And, like, it has been in the past. It is not this year. I would, I, I think at best it's an average offensive team. So I think it's a little alarming to give up 26 to Indiana, 20 to Indiana in the first half. Um, but I, 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 th- I think it's, I, I thought it was more like a, just like a sloppy start based off fatigue more than anything else. Um, I I thought what was more important, maybe not more important, but the thing I was more impressed with, like, and I'm not trying to constantly like, constantly spin positives off a of defense that clearly has some issues. Ohio State turned the ball over three times, and then another time gave Indiana the ball on Ohio State's 33 yard line on a really bad punt by Drew Chrisman. So four possessions where Indiana got got the ball unexpectedly, and at least one of those times in great field position, scored once. Um, and Greg Schiano made note of that, the sudden change after the game. They, they gave up one touchdown on the sudden change. The other two, they did not. And on that 33-yard punt, they, they held up well and didn't let, allow Indiana to score at a pretty important juncture of the game. So I, I still – the thing I think the most about this defense is that it's a little leaky and there are things it can shore up. But it has time and again through six games now made plays when it is most important to make plays. And – I think that's an important distinction to make, and, and that to me shows that they can get some of these things figured out because when when they have to sort of rise to the occasion, they have. I don't get I, I don't get it. I'm trying to now. I had a 180 degree turn in a span of like three days earlier this year. What was it? Was it before Penn State? They played Tulane before Penn State, and mm-hmm. I think in the post game podcast, I was like, "It's fine. Anybody who's oh, going yeah. crazy is nuts." 
And then three days later, I was like, oh, my God, freak out. You're right. Right. Is that what the thing I did? Yes. Yeah. Why did I change my mind? Because you saw you watched Penn State play Illinois for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, eight minutes of highlights. Yes. As I told players repeatedly that week, I said to Pete Warner, Pete, I watched eight minutes of highlights between Penn State and Illinois. Here's my breakdown. I'm not freaked out, man. I, 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 you got to live in the modern world. Nick Saban is down there at Alabama. They beat Arkansas 117-31 to 31 today. Nick Saban's wound up about the fact that Alabama gave up 31. And Urban Meyer's in there. I, Alabama's 31, though, was like 7-7-7 and then like a fourth quarter, I'm sure, when there weren't starters. In there. They wore down. Alabama, Alabama wears down late in games. That's going to be a problem when they play somebody good. You just said earlier today they haven't played anybody yet. They have not. You called Alabama fraud. That was what you That's said. That's not what I said. That's not what she said. Sorry. <laughs> that was Wisconsin. Uh, also, Notre Dame's going to lose and get knocked out of the playoffs. So I don't want to talk about, oh, what if Notre Dame goes 12 and They're not. They're going to lose to somebody. Just because their schedule looks easy, they're not that good. Two Big Ten, two SEC in the playoffs. So here's the thing. I don't, I don't get the panic. All of a sudden, you people are taking 455 passing yards for granted. I can't tell, I can't tell if you're, if I'm being trolled by this. This is like back to back tweets from Chuck Schick. Who is at Buckeye Fan Frank? Guys, I think it's time to hit the panic button on the run game. No push, no explosion. Running backs have nowhere to go. Next tweet. Also, what's up with Werner and Harrison getting caught in single coverage on an outside receiver? I counted at least five plays where this happened, and I don't recall seeing this before today. So I don't, I don't know you, Chuck Schick, and we appreciate your questions. But what panic button? Are we really in a panic button zone? Dwayne Haskins threw for six touchdowns today. Here's your, here's the situation. When you're about to hit the panic button, you know what happens instead? Dwayne Haskins throws another touchdown. It's like, uh oh, we better panic. Oh, no, we don't. There's a 31 yard completion. Oh, here comes the panic button. Touchdown to Ben Victor. That's your solution. What's the solution? To the corners getting beat, Dwayne Haskins. What's the solution <laughs> to the linebackers, Dwayne Haskins? What's the solution? The solution to the run game not getting a push, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins is the solution. They that's the best solution they've had on offense that I've ever seen. This is my thirteenth year. This is what you've been waiting for. If you want to go back to the Silver Bullets and give the ball to Beanie Wells and Dan Heron and every other good running back that's been here, that's fine. But remember when the last four years they were good, but since they won the national championship, they weren't quite good enough. Remember how you wanted them to be better? Remember how in 2016 they were a surprise playoff team, got whacked by Clemson, and everybody was kind of like, oh, that's not good enough. You know what you were looking for? This! This is what you've been waiting for, and now it's here, and now you're begging for the thing that you've had for 10 years. I don't think that's true. Yes, it could. No, I don't think they're... I mean, they're not begging for JT Barrett's own Rita Palooza. They're begging for run game and defense. They're begging for proof that the run game can work if it has to. It doesn't have to because it's doing hassles. And if that remains true, then that's fine. But I get the concern that if you get into a game where you just can't throw the ball, can Ohio State run it? That question hasn't been answered yet, in my opinion. Now, they played two good teams at TCU at Penn State, and they were fine. Well, fine against TCU, not as fine against Penn State, but they ended up winning anyway. Um, 
there's things that work out in the run game. I think, like, and and you should six weeks in. I think you should have more answers than Ohio State appears to have at the moment. So it is concerning. I don't know what the deal is. Um, plenty of teams run the ball without a running quarterback. I don't know how many do it with from the spread, and I guess that would be interesting to look at. Um, there have to be fixes out there. I just don't, I don't know what they are at the moment. But running into the middle of the line when the guards and center aren't doing a great job of holding up and they're bringing more guys that you can block is not the right way to go about it. And stop trying to force his own read on the Dwayne Haskins because he's just not comfortable. Mm. Um, but I get concerned about the run game. I think I think concerned about the run game is valid. Um, it's not explosive. It's not it's not even really that efficient anymore either. Or at least it hasn't J- been the last. JK few weeks. very inefficient. Yeah. Today. Yeah. Um, you have the box score? I do. Dobbins was... Whoever had the better game. Dobbins had 26 carries for 82 yards. 3.2 average. Mike Weber had 13 carries for 70 yards. 5.4 average. Dobbins had a one-yard touchdown run. Dwayne Haskins had seven carries. A couple of those, I think, were sacks or like pressures that he skated the pocket and they didn't count them as sacks. We both predicted this week them going out of their way to try to get the run game going, and they did. It just didn't work. It didn't work. Yeah, it didn't work. Which And, like, again, it felt like they were doing things to limit their run game. Like, teams are just doing that to Ohio State. I, it's, still, it's still shocking to me that that is the preferred way of trying to slow down Ohio State is just, like, loading up against the run, loading up against Mike Weber and J.K. Dobbins. But Indiana did it. Indiana's got a decent defense with a good defensive coach. And then Dwayne Haskins threw for 455 and six touchdowns and completed 33 passes. So so I don't care. Right. I think I think your whole point is, is a valid response to offensive concerns. I don't think it matters at all. Kentucky lost. It doesn't. I don't think that really matters at all for the defensive concerns. I think Ohio State's defense is average at the moment. And I don't know if you can win a championship with an average defense, even if your offense is as good as this offense is throwing the ball right now. So I'm going to write this for, and I would like to give you the tease, but give you guys the tease because you're loyal. Just like Terry Francona would play Jason Kipnis, if he was 0 for 70, he would send Kip out there because Kip's a gamer. And Corey Kluber, if Corey Kluber had given up 11 runs in the second inning, they would keep him in the game. He's a gamer. You guys are our gamers. You get the tease. I was I had part of this written for the postgame column, and I switched veins a little bit, but not really. But I wanted to save this point, so I'll write this for Monday or Tuesday. You know who Ohio State is right now? You're Oklahoma. You're Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma. Oklahoma was like 68th last year in yards per game allowed. They gave up almost 400 yards per game and in points per game allowed. Now, there's a little wrinkle in this ointment because the one thing is like, and they got to the playoff. And then in the playoff, they blew a huge lead because their defense sucked. Yeah. Right. But anyway, other than that, <laughs> but that's the thing. And I don't know what people in Oklahoma say because I don't live there and I don't care. But I, do you think, would your guess be that while Baker Mayfield was flag planting and crotch grabbing his way through America, finding his way into the hearts of men and women across this country, that everybody who's a fan of Oklahoma was like, but our secondary gave up 217 yards. Or do you think they just said, wow, we won 52-41. We won. I don't know what they did, 
But I'm going to imagine they might have enjoyed it a little more than at least the people on my Twitter timeline seem to be enjoying a 455-yard, six-touchdown performance by a guy who's going to New York for the Heisman ceremony. Yeah, I'm sure Oklahoma fans enjoyed it because they're used to it. Well, then get used to it. It's hard to get used to. That's my whole, I mean, that's my whole thing. But that's yeah. not like, it's not an excuse anymore. No, but I, I, th- I think that, yeah, I, I think that, that Ohio State fans should probably wrap their arms around what this team is a little more, and I think it's good enough to do to win the Big Ten. Oklahoma wasn't good enough to win a national championship. Yeah, but they were almost good enough. Yeah, but they weren't. Yeah, but they were so <laughs> close. They were much closer, at least, than Ohio State was in 2016. So, I, like, if that's, I, I guess that's a concern. I think the concern is, like, can we beat Alabama? Yeah. So, and I'm not, like, if you ask somebody, if you ask an Ohio State fan in the middle of 2014, can you beat Alabama? I'm sure they probably would have said no. Nope. And this Alabama team is better than that Alabama team. And this Ohio State team may or may not be better than that Ohio State team. Um, I'm just, like, I, I don't know why you'd be concerned about it now. Like, it's October, and you're already worried about can Ohio State beat Alabama in the Cotton Bowl? when there are seven more games of growth left for this team to, to have before that game would even happen. So I think they're valid questions. I just don't know if they're – is that the appropriate question right now? I don't know. It's not the fun question, I'll tell you that. Yeah. It's not that fun to sit around after Dwayne Haskins threw for 455 yards and six touchdowns and talk about <clears throat> Jocelyn Wint the whole game. Like, I, I, I mean, you can live your life the way you want to live your life. That's not how I want to live my life. I don't want to live my life like this. Chris McKee asked this question. There's no fullback on the roster. Does Ohio State need to consider using a tight end as an H-back to lead block in the running game? They do that. Yeah, they do do that. But also, if you want to, I mean, Rashad Berry, they do that all the time with him. Jeff Hireman was like a hammer. Mm Mm-hmm. But also, I, I we're, for serious, like, are we going to Dwayne Haskins through for 455 yards? We got a we got a fullback question. They have to run the ball better. They have to figure out how to run the ball. They haven't done it yet. I think I think that's totally fair if you're worried about that. I don't think it's going to matter so, against uh, Minnesota next week or Purdue the week after or so, anyone else until you play Michigan, maybe. But let me let me ask this though: Do you think what is the connection between a day when the run game doesn't look that good and a day? When the passing game again has its way, is it not possible that the day when the run game looks really good is the day that Dwayne Haskins throws for 238 yards yeah. instead of 455? Yeah. So then what's the big freaking deal? My question, like, I think you're – at the moment, what your run game is doing is being enough of a threat for defenses to try to take it away. And in the meantime, Dwayne Haskins is throwing right over the top of you, and there's not two, two safeties back there. Guys are getting beat one-on-one because they're trying to stop the run. So the run game is doing its job. And if Mm. you're going to tell me that some answer down the road is, what was the total yards today? Let me see. Did Ohio State gain 600 yards? Yeah, they did. 609. I don't care what the balance is. So it was 455 passing, 154 rushing. Are you telling me that like it would be, quote, better if it was 300 and 300? Is that better? Urban Meyer might. Urban would like it better, but does it make like does that make you win more? I, I mean, no. I, I think whatever helps you win is whatever. Whatever whatever it takes to win, I think is fine. Maybe it just comes back to comfort level and people like you had a good back and forth with Urban last week about his comfort level with the way the offense is operating, and perhaps a large segment of the fan base is 
coming around slowly to the offense the way that Urban Meyer seems to be. Can I say I am super comfortable? Yeah. This this fits me. Dwayne Haskins' offense is my PJs and slippers. <laughs> so um, I don't know. I just I just I'm I'm a little confused by it. Uh, we'll get this is G Nilly with his uh, which is a, a Haskins thing that we've covered before. Why do you think Urban is less than effusive in his praise for Haskins? Contrast this to his nonstop love fest for Barrett and Martell. Is there something intrinsic about a non-running, non-running threat quarterback that Urban just can't fully get behind? That goes to the thing you just said Urban and I talked about last week. It's, it's a game. Dwayne Haskins is confident enough on his own. He doesn't need his coach saying good things about him. And Urban Meyer knows that, so Urban Meyer does not say very good things because Dwayne Haskins knows he's good. He doesn't need pumped up. Urban Meyer's trying to take the air out of air out of him a little bit. I think Urban's only concern, he got asked a Heisman question after the game, which is a valid question. Urban's only concern with that is don't get a big head about it, Dwayne. Do you agree? Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think it's it's mostly that and like a small percentage of well, what happens when he can't do it when he can't throw 455 yards. Right. Which yeah. is what happened last week. And then at the end they and figured they it out. Yeah. And then at the end they figured it out. Josh Curie and Tyler Shoemaker were having a little dance together about uh, us and Bill Davis. Tyler said, I can't wait to hear the postgame Buckeye talk. I feel like Doug and Bill are going to bring the fire um, to the fans, one. That's true. And two, to Bill Davis. Josh Curie said, I, I have a feeling they're going to single-handedly get Urban to fire Bill Davis. I, I'm, I'm, you know where I am in general. I'm not there today at all. It's interesting. Like Alex Grinch was like... This great hire. He is the safeties coach. The number one glaring problem at a position is the second safety spot. And then we can get into the second thing I tweeted about today. But, like, where are you? Is there, is there anything more to say about Bill Davis? Did today affect your Bill Davis view? Today did not affect my Bill Davis view. And maybe there's some stuff in coverage that I'm just not remembering, and I'll see it when I go back and watch the game. But, I again, I wasn't sitting there thinking, oh, this is all the linebackers' fault. I think there have been a lot of plays this year that would have been like 20 to 25-yard plays that became 90-yard plays because of poor play at the safety position. So we'll get to the other thing in a second. We just have some safety questions here. Brian Cockerham and Bill Landis, the official Sean Wade beat writer. I will say Bill Landis has, has been on two things this year. Sean Wade is a starting safety. Michael Jordan has a starting center. One has happened. The other one's going to. <laughs> Brian, do you think Sean Wade makes the switch to Falcon full-time and bumps Fuller back to the safety spot he excelled at last season? You delved into this previously in great depth. Do you think it's going to happen and tell the people who didn't notice what happened with Wade today? Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. Um they made the, sim- the switch with Isaiah Pryor. Isaiah Pryor is playing the field safety, and Jordan Fuller is playing the boundary safety when they're out there together. So that switch has already happened regardless of if it's Pryor or Wade there. Um, Sean Wade didn't play safety in the second half. Isaiah Pryor was suspended for the first half. He was eligible in the second half. He played the entire second half. I thought he played fine. There was one play where he was trailing in coverage and like got beat, but I can't remember if it was a bad throw or the guy dropped the ball. But like That would have been a bad play on Isaiah Pryor. just didn't get completed. Um, I thought he was pretty good last week. I thought he was fine this week. And I think that maybe you're seeing a little bit of growth on Isaiah Pryor, and perhaps that any conversation we have about the safety spot moving forward is probably wasted breath because it's just going to be Fuller and Pryor. Um, so, no, I don't think Wade is going. I don't think. I think Wade is ahead of Jocelyn Wynn. I think that's done. Um, I don't expect to see Jocelyn Wynn. Like, 
he just hasn't played well. He hasn't played well, and he had a chance to start today. He didn't play well today, so I just don't expect to see him playing moving forward in, in moments that it matters. But um, I don't think Wade is going to move ahead again, move ahead of prior, and I don't even know if he's close. Tyler Feeney one was asking about all the safety switching, but in the first half again, just to, if you didn't realize it. Isaiah Pryor was suspended as the result of his targeting call in the second half last week. He could not play the first half. They started Jocelyn Wynn. Did Sean Wade play the second series? Or how soon was he in there? Second quarter? Second quarter, yeah. No, it, wasn't, it wasn't a series thing. It was a couple of uh, couple of blown plays, and then they put Sean Wade back okay. there. And then there was late in the first half, they had a play where Sean Wade was up at nickel corner and Amir Reap. Amir Reap came in, yeah. So... But then, as so to Tyler's question, that was a lot of movement, but that was just necessitated by Pryor being suspended. And then once he was back, as you said, that was sort of taken care of. Yep. Uh, Joe uh, underscore OSU is just taunting us. Should Ohio State be using Martell in third and fourth and one situations? Yes. Do you think Ohio State will use him in those situations? Yes. For real? You think that's going to happen? Uh huh. We can ask Urban this week? Yeah, I went to ask him twice last week and didn't get the chance to. So I'm going to ask him on Monday. Unless someone beats me to it. I like the Cleveland Cavaliers. What is this? Uh, what is your handle? I can't. Your name is so long, I can't see what your handle is. Cavs Buckeyes. Oh, that's perfect. Nice. Am I the only one that thought the secondary might have started to turn the corner in the second half? The second half, they only gave up 89 total yards. Okuda and Arnett made some nice plays. DB is a very tough position, and a lot of great Ohio State defensive backs struggled early. Not time to panic yet, in my opinion. Um, they're still handsy. Yeah. I, I, they are doing some things. There was a, a, a Kendall Sheffield penalty. I might have been in the first half, but where people sort of initially were like, "Oh, that was a bullcrap flag," and yeah, they like kind of had his arm locked a little bit. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Which is exactly what Arnett did in either week one or two, and Greg Schiano said, "You can't do that." Now the other guys doing the same thing. You think it's a tricky little thing? The refs are seeing it. They have hands on people. They are too grabby. And then I did think. There was definitely a play in the second half where Kendall Sheffield was covering a guy who made a cut and went across the middle, and you could almost like say Kendall Sheffield like threw his hands in the air, like I'm not touching him. And then the throw was a little off, and Kendall Sheffield closed and like got his hand yeah. in after the guy got his hands on it and knocked it away. They have to do that. That's what they're coached to do. Like everyone who goes crazy about the turning the heads and whatnot, they're not. And you guys know, like they're not coached to turn their head. They're coached to play through the ball. Which can be frustrating, but that's what happens. So that's another thing. That's the thing I've been waiting to talk about is the idea of, and this goes contrary. Someone called me out on it and asked on Twitter because I tweeted during the game. If you think Kerry Combs is good, and everybody thought Kerry Combs was a good cornerback, then you can't you can't be surprised if they miss him. So I think they miss Kerry Combs this year. Now, I also think Kendall Sheffield, Damon Arnett, and Jeffrey Okuda right now are not as good as Denzel Ward was last year, are not as good as Garyon Conley and Marshawn Latimer were the year before. So that's okay. It's okay to not be as good as guys taken in the first round of the NFL draft. But I think they miss Kerry Combs. And I think they might miss it in like, I just feel like if something was happening again and again and again and again and again, not that they would change what they teach, but I just feel like Kerry Combs might get it fixed in practice. And it's not a shot at Tabor Johnson. It's an acknowledgement that everybody thought Kerry Combs was really good. So then someone said, does that change my opinion on assistant coaches? My whole thing about don't pay them, they're middle managers. And again, it's contrary, but no. You just have to hire someone as good as Kerry Combs. We haven't talked to Tabor Johnson this year. Tabor Johnson was here before. Do I think that in the great big wide world, a guy 
who happened to coach at Ohio State before and like was available, was the absolute number one slam dunk best candidate to replace Kerry Combs, who was a first round draft pick factory back there. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Urban and Tabor Johnson have a personal relationship, but it's again along the lines of like Bill Davis and some of these things. It's like it's a pretty easy hire to make. Obvious, yeah. So I'm not. That doesn't necessarily make it bad, but it doesn't also necessarily make it good. So the point that someone else made on Twitter is that again, they didn't change the style of teaching, as you said. They're taught not to turn in their heads and look back. And it's interesting. The Browns have commented on that this year with Denzel Ward that they've gotten him to change. And they were like, Greg Williams was like, ah, it doesn't turn his head or whatever. It's like, that's what they do. Like it. So like we can, there are certain things you can spend hours talking about why Ohio State cornerbacks don't turn and look at the ball, why they don't go under center on fourth and one. That's fine. We just can't spend too much time on it here because it's not changing. Yeah. So like where do you sort of petition? Where do you, is there, what's the site for that? It's not GoFundMe. Change.org or something. Change.org? Like yeah. yeah. You want to start that? That'd be a fun Sure. Story. Yeah. So where do you stand on that with the corners? Like, like, like what? I guess the question is, we saw, and I asked Urban Meyer about it. He said it really showed up today for the first time with the corners, that it was repeated. So yeah. now, what? I, I don't know. I, I, I think the guys there are the guys. Um, we saw Indiana last year beat Ohio State with some of that stuff, and like it wasn't a problem that persisted throughout the rest of the season. Um, I thought Peyton Ramsey threw some pretty good balls too. Like some of them, some of them, like you just can't defend. If the ball's thrown in the absolute perfect spot, you can't defend it, and you don't have help, and you don't have help. Yeah, like there was one, the one that the guy caught on the sideline where he like landed with his butt cheek in bounds. Like Kendall Sheffield was in decent position on that play. It was just an absolutely perfectly thrown ball and a great catch. It's like you can't do anything about that. Um, Okuda got beat on one. I think our neck got beat on one. Um, I don't know what the solution is other than you like to play, play Okuda, who has not played a ton, and, and see if he gets better with time. Sheffield, I think, has been fine this year. Like Guys are going to get beat sometimes. Denzel Ward got beat in his career. Marshawn Lattimore got beat. Like All these guys get beat. You don't, you don't hit 1,000 when you're a cornerback. Um, just so happens that it all kind of came to a head for everyone in the cornerback room against this particular team today. But I don't, I don't. Again, it's not a thing that I view as a problem. Something that's been a lingering problem the entire season. I think it was just a bad day. Um, so I'm not on alert for these cornerbacks are terrible, and every team Ohio State plays is going to throw jump balls and kill them all the time. Penn State's a great jump ball team. I didn't think Penn State killed them last week. I think they hit one. Jawan Johnson made one of the best catches I've seen this year. Nothing you can do about it. And otherwise, I think they've been pretty good. So they had a bad day. And a couple penalties. I mean, they've had a couple penalties every game, but I don't. I don't know how many penalties other teams have on pass interference. But I mean, Ohio State is one of the more penalized teams in the country, and that's uh, that's not okay. Some of it's born out of aggression, like we've talked about. But some of them, and I think Urban Meyer would agree, like you just got to be smarter. And and the cornerbacks and the safeties have not always played smart in pass coverage. Will you teach me about football for a second? I could try. Okay. In 2016, it felt like to me. That if you threw a deep ball at a corner who's locked in one-on-one coverage, there was a decent chance that if you were like watching that on TV, Malik Hooker was going to appear on the screen as the safety coming over to make a play on a ball when a corner was one-on-one. Yeah. If you were watching this whole season, six games in, any of these throws where these corners are being thrown at one-on-one, have we seen a single play where a safety has appeared from off the screen and made a play on the ball no. to help? 
No. So did they change their defensive scheme, or is that just more testament to Malik Hooker can cover a whole field by himself? I think it's Malik Hooker can cover a whole field by himself. That's really helpful to yeah. have that. Yeah. Because that's the thing. It's like you said, it's like one-on-one sometimes. But then it's like, oh, that's Malik Hooker. There was a ball today that Malik Hooker would have picked off in return for a touchdown, like a lob over the middle of the field that I don't. I think it might have been Wint was at safety, and I don't know who was in coverage, but it was just like two guys had no idea how to play the ball, and it just like dropped into the Indiana receiver's hands when I think you might have been able to pick it off. I have decent hands. Do you? I don't have a good back pedal. I have bad hips. Um, I can't turn and run. I probably run like a seven one forty. <laughs> but I think if I get my hands on the ball. Maybe like if it, but if it's like a Nerf ball, not like a real football, that would probably hurt my hand. So it has a little give, so you can like mm-hmm. squeeze it and get mm-hmm. yeah. Like I'm really good at catching Nerf footballs. If I asked Shiano that thing I just said to you, would he punch me in the face? Or would he give a, a, a speech about how Malik Hooker was such a game changer? And, and if you're noticing that now, it's a testament to what a special player he was. He would give you a speech. Okay, I, think cool. might, I think he might learn something in it. Good. I want. I like to learn things, and I like to hear speeches. <clears throat> Mark Walker at Markov Walker. Any thought to playing more zone, at least until Nick Bosa comes back to ratchet up the pressure board? Didn't get a lot of pressure today. Not in the first half. You think that's, I mean, and again, we asked Urban about it. You think that's a legitimate thing out there to just, and Urban said they've changed some things. I got to go back and watch. He said they've already discussed this to some degree and they've changed some things. But it just feels like to me that more often than not, there are guys locked up one-on-one in man coverage and they're getting beat sometimes. I guess it depends on who you're playing. Like against Trace McSorley last week, probably. Uh, Peyton Ramsey wasn't as much of a threat to run today as I thought he would be. And some people, someone made a comment on Twitter that he had injured his knee. Um, I asked one of the Indiana writers. Uh, Peyton Ramsey like rolled his ankle. He said in the third quarter. I think it was in the play where he fumbled, um, where Draymond Jones caused the caused mm. the fumble on the sack. I think he rolled his ankle. Um, but like nobody on Indiana made a big deal out of it. And I, I watched a little bit more of the third quarter, and I thought he looked okay. Um, so I don't know if I would have been super concerned about that today. I think it's situational, but I, I do agree. I think they could probably mix in a little more zone than they are at the moment. Um, it feels like there's a void in the middle of the field with these guys locked in man coverage and the linebackers playing so far up on the line. And they've been pretty good against the run aside from the big hits. Um, but I feel like they're leaving themselves open to get to get diced up a little bit by a team that's able to do it. So yeah, if you if you wanted to like drop the linebackers in zone a little more or just play the zone in general, um, I think that would make sense to me. You guys are you close? Recording? We're recording. We're recording. Yeah. You're on live. Yeah. No, I'm good. I'm gonna go home. But you're almost done. Yeah, yes. we're almost done. Okay. All right. See Thank you, Jerry Emig. That was some real. That was some real live uh, journalizing right there. SID wants us to go home. Tyler Shoemaker, Done. rate this performance 1 to 10. 10 is great, 1 is terrible. Uh, it's hard because the, off- the passing game is really good. Uh, like a 6.8. Yeah, 7 or 8. Yeah, People are hard graders. People were asking questions about the game about a slow start offensively. Their first seven series of offense were five touchdowns, a fumble, and an interception. They didn't punt until the second half. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't. It, am I crazy? People were asking about like being sluggish. Yeah, I, Five I don't know what that was. Seven. I don't know what that, the the play the play call on Mike Weber's fumble I thought was weird running like that on third and nine like, unless you're setting up just four downs. Um, but no, I don't think it was a slow start. Like you said, they had five touchdowns in the first seven possessions. Douglas DeLillo, is there a more annoying take on a day like this than Bama never lets teams like Indiana hang around? Because that's the thing is like you don't know that. 
Because when like when when Alabama like only beats like Mississippi State by twenty four and they were favored by thirty eight, like you don't know that because you are an Alabama fan. So I don't know. I mean, I I, I think it is one of the more annoying takes because like it, I mean, Bama has not let a team hang around like that this year, to my knowledge. So maybe it's true this year, but I think in general that's kind of lazy. So what would you, at AC Grinstead, what needs to change for the running game to find success? And what are the problems you're seeing in the run game? We've talked about this a lot, Gardapalooza, which will never happen. <laughs> They've had excellent guards. I think they're guards right now, much like, oh, this is interesting. What happens when you go from great to good at certain positions, and how does a team adapt? They're not great at corner right now. They're good. And that's the thing. You guys think that like the corners stink. They don't stink. They're good. They're just not great. How do you adapt? They've been great at guard. Billy Price, Pat Alfine, Michael Jordan. I've been great at guard. They're not great at guard right now. They're good. How do you adapt? That is a very interesting story idea that I'm going to write about. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, I, so what would you change it? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't like. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm an expert in a run game. I, I think. Um... It's been difficult. The, the inside zone play we've talked about a lot has been has been tough sledding for them. So and like you can't abandon it, but and I feel like they're getting away from it a little more. Um, just more variety, more variety. Try some things out and see what works. I just don't. I don't think. I still don't think they're varied enough. John David Rice at John David Rice. Classic letdown game after a big win, and the Bucks will be fine. Or this team has major problems that will catch up to them sooner or later. How do you guys see it? I see it as number three. They're fine. Yeah, mostly that they're fine. If who, Oh, Ari asked the question. 49-26 letdown is a pretty good letdown. Yes. So I think they were tired, and they don't have a bye for another three weeks. So like, I think Indiana's probably better than Minnesota. I think Purdue's probably better than both these, both Minnesota and Indiana, and that game's on the road. And Notre Dame's going to win. I've been I've, I can like see Rondell Moore from Purdue breaking a 93-yard touchdown on a slant. I think that could be a tough game for Ohio State's defense. Well, I can't believe you're picking Purdue. Yeah, I'm picking Purdue to cover whatever that spread is. I'm just a- kidding. I don't know that. Acquiescence is fatal. At is underscore fatal. It seems the offense has gotten. This is interesting. We might, we might end here because a lot of the other questions are kind of the same questions. It seems the offense has gotten more conservative, less up-tempo, and tried to force the running game since Urban has been back. Is it going from crappy teams to Big Ten teams, or do you think any of it is Urban? So Tulane had their way with them, just threw it all over them. It wasn't a great running game, but Dwayne Haskins threw it all over them. Um, Penn State's good, and Penn State took away the deep passing game. I don't think that's an Urban thing. And then today they threw the ball over all over Indiana. Is there a game in there that I'm missing? No, they played six and Urban's coached three of them. What about tempo? I think that's the, possibly the most interesting part of that question. Do they seem a little slower in the three Urban games than in the three day games? Which is something we talked about a lot when Day was here. You take a cook out of the kitchen and the line starts getting food out faster. Um. I'm trying to think, like I just like Penn State's not a tempo game. I don't, it's like it's a, it was a it was a clunky kind yeah. of game. So I'm like removing that from the conversation, I guess. Tulane, I just can't remember. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they were really. I wrote after the Oregon State game, they were really fast against Oregon State, really like, as fast, fast as they've ever played, probably. 
Um, and they haven't been that fast since then. So maybe the tempo has slowed a little bit. I don't know if that's Urban being involved, Urban slowing them down intentionally. Um, so maybe that's that's a fair observation. It'll be interesting to go back and look now, do some math and figure out like their times between plays but since Urban's been back. But um, I don't think they've been conservative. They weren't. I don't think they were conservative. Against, like they were. I guess they were conservative against Tulane because they were playing Penn State the following week. Yeah. And then they appeared conservative against Penn State because they couldn't figure things out on offense in the first half. And then today they threw for almost 500 yards. A couple more. At Benjamin underscore Hyde, were you surprised to see the lack of pass rush today? Yes. Any thoughts why they struggled to consistently pressure the quarterback? They were tired. I buy that. Draymond Jones, like said, Draymond Jones said, like two games in a row with 70 snaps, it was pretty tiring. Plus, he's hurt. BB Landers is hurt. Um, Chase Young has never played that much. Jonathan Cooper has never played that much. I just think they're tired. Chase Young played like every snap at Penn State, mm-hmm. and he had never done anything close to that in his life. And if you're looking for a Nick Bosa effect, um, there's a lot of effect. There's a lot of effect with Nick Bosa out, but just having one less guy in the rotation, no matter who it is, is an effect because they are not rotating Jay Sean Cornell to the extent that Nick Bosa... The the three-man rotation of Cooper, Young, and Bosa was much more of a rotation than Young, Cornell, and Cooper is. Would you Seems agree like to it. that? Yes. Yeah. So um, that's fine. That's fine, but that's a reality. So, um, all right, a lot of things. Corners not turning around. Like, it's... We're, we're there. We, we got all the stuff. So listen, I just I'm just really trying to advise you to try to try to find a way to find some excitement and joy in a 455 yard passing game. I'm just I feel like we've already gotten to the point where you're taking Dwayne Haskins for granted, and I understand you want your team to win. Bottom line, but this is a pretty fun way to win while they're winning right now, and they're six and zero. And I'll compile a list of all the, the 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 every game that a top twenty five team has given up more than twenty four points or something this year. I think you will find, and if, if it's wrong, I'll, I'll admit it. But I think you will find that like this is happening. This yep. is just happening, and so you know they didn't give up four; they gave up twenty six. And by the way, I'm sorry I blew your mind with the second half defensive stats because they really came around. Yeah, two less than three yards per play in the second half. Less than two yards per rush after the first 45-yard rush, which was basically the entire game. All right, that's it. Thanks to you guys for listening. Make sure you visit our friends at shopohiostate.com and minutemantickets.com. Shopohiostate.com has everything you need, Ohio State gear. Um, get in that Buckeye mood. Get on there, buy a sweatshirt. Um, buy a variety of things. Visit the store, the Barnes & Noble Ohio State University bookstore on High Street. But really, in your house, you can go do it right now. ShopOhioState.com. MinutemanTickets.com. Next week is a noon kickoff for Minnesota. Don't you want to get here? This might be a question about, we get questions about Dwayne Haskins every week. We've told you he's gone. Now, if he comes back, it's a great surprise for you. Assume he's gone. If you haven't done it yet, maybe you want to see Dwayne Haskins play in person. You know what would be a good time to do that? Next week, noon start Indiana, uh, noon start Minnesota. There will be tickets available. Go to MinutemanTickets.com and get yourself a ticket so you can say, I saw Dwayne Haskins play in person in the horseshoe. That's the kind of thing that you might want to be able to say 10 years from now. 
I'm not 100% sure what he's going to be like in the NFL, but I think you might want to be able to say that. Mommy, Daddy, did you ever see Dwayne Haskins play? No, I didn't want to shut off the 60, 70 bucks at Minuteman tickets to get myself in the game. Why not? That seems like a poor choice. So go there right now, MinutemanTickets.com. Get yourself in the stadium next week. Ohio State, Minnesota, noon kickoff. We'll be here covering the game for Cleveland.com. Read our stuff at Cleveland.com slash OSU. Follow us on Twitter at BillLandis25, at Doug Maurice, and at Buckeye Talk Pod. Notre Dame's going to win. Go figure. Notre Dame's not getting in the playoff. They're going to lose to somebody. Their um, schedule's really easy. There, yeah, so. I know. That's the thing everybody does all the time. And you forget the fact that they're not that good. Are they that good? Their front seven's awesome. And their offense apparently is good now with the in quarterback. I think they're pretty good. I'm going to be such a good AP voter. Everybody stinks. Nobody's good. Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. Beat Michigan. Beat Stanford. One at Virginia Tech. Yeah. So did ODU. All right. He's Bill. I'm Doug. Thanks to you guys for listening. And that was Buckeye Talk.